Alto University Podcast. This is Cloud Reachers. I'm Tommy Kauppinen. And um, today I have a pleasure to have as my guest Natasha. How are you doing? Where are you now? Hi, Tommy. Um, so this is Natasha Mahmood. Uh, I am uh, right now. I am in Islamabad, Pakistan, and um, I'm doing perfectly all right. The winter is coming, so we are welcoming the winter here. Excellent. Hey, um, you mentioned where are you? But uh, can you please share to listeners about? Uh, yourself about your activities about your background uh, also like what did you study and uh, and how did we end up perhaps <laughs> to have this episode all right sure why not so um right now i am working as an education specialist at an organization based in islamabad that is phc global uh so basically what I am doing over here is that I oversee the operation and development of e-learning platforms and, uh, you know, selecting media and developing relevant content for uh, various e-learning platforms related to different subjects. Um, so uh, what I did was in, uh, I did my bachelor's of business administration and then followed by my MBA, but I always had the passion of, you know, uh, doing something in the education sector of Pakistan, uh, which is why I also did a, a degree in education as well. Uh, so if I tell about myself personally, um, you know, uh, in me lies uh, a writer, a poet, a teacher, And, you know, most importantly, a human that is looking forward to bringing a change that is significant, especially uh, talking about the education sector of Pakistan. And, uh, you know, um, living here in Islamabad, uh, uh, in Pakistan, uh, as a woman, um, I, I absolutely love, you know, going to hiking, trekking the mountains and uh, Uh, so when I'm not working, I am, you know, hiking <laughs> into different areas of Pakistan, into the different mountains of Pakistan, into going to the highest lakes of different valleys in Pakistan. Uh, so, yeah, that that's who I am um, about my education, what I'm doing right now. And I'm also, you know, a woman entrepreneur. Um, we have, you can say, kind of a burger joint that we are uh, interested in opening up soon, but we do have that uh, in progress right now over here as well. Excellent. Hey, now we share many things. I also love hiking and, and seeing the kind of overview of different places. Mm -hmm. Is that uh, perhaps something that um, has that kind of mindset is also needed in education? What do you think? I mean, kind of being able to first of all, want to go and see the overview, but then also do something about it, like like hiking certainly is doing uh, something in that, that scenario. That, that's so true, uh, Tommy, when you, uh, you know, phrase it like that. Uh, do you know why people love hiking and trekking? It's so rigorous. Like when you, uh, when, when I'm standing right in front of a humongous mountain and I know I have to like keep on climbing it, Uh, it takes strength, it takes energy, it takes, a, you know, a positive approach to reach the top of that mountain. And uh, this is what, what is there in, I would say, every uh, field and especially in the education sector as well. Like you need to have that strength, you need to have a positive approach, you need to have that energy to bring a change. So I, I completely agree with what you just said. And, you know, I recently, um, when I was uh, climbing down the mountain uh, and I looked back and I was, you know, I was petrified to look where I came from. Uh, there's a small writing um, that uh, if we have time, I would love to share that with the listeners as well. I wrote something about it and, uh, you know, uh, It just leaves you mesmerized to see how, how, what your body can do, what your mind can do. So, yeah, I completely agree with what you just mentioned. 
Yeah, absolutely. Hey, let's uh, please uh, share it uh, in the um, later um, part of the episode, also to keep the listeners <laughs> <laughs> waiting for it. Sure, perfect. And uh, hey, you you mentioned something else. I mean, you mentioned that you are also a poet, a writer. Um, storytelling is also, mm-hmm. um, in addition to wanting to see the overview and doing something about it, but also uh, storytelling skills are also very de- needed as um, as as part of the education yeah. developing skills. What do you think? Uh, I agree. I agree. Uh, like when you have to um, consider, you have to teach a kid about uh, maybe one part of the subject, uh, a content, a topic. It could be anything. Uh, how you draft your lesson how you draft your that learning process it has to be like a, you know a story uh, which begins with something which has you know some ups and downs in the uh, content part in the major part when you're giving it to the student and it should have a plenary a conclusion as well so definitely uh, uh, these are some of the characteristics or traits you know uh, educators should have um, and maybe and maybe uh, that is the reason uh, why I adore teaching why I absolutely loved teaching and I have been um, teaching for almost a decade now so yeah, I, I do agree with that. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, and I'm I'm just thinking at the same time, like also, isn't it uh, for learners as well essential to develop the storytelling skills and uh, kind of see their own learning journey as a story? I mean, I'm just thinking of many of my colleagues and friends how they they share what they have studied and and what did they learn and when exactly and. Uh, what they wanted to still learn mm-hmm. and then why they moved to another place. And it's it's all like a journey. It's a learning yeah, journey. Yeah, uh, it is It is a journey. And as a learner, uh, uh, it, it's definitely a we all are, you know, uh, characters of a story. There is a, when you look back, like, like I uh, mentioned about that mountain, you look back and you see, okay, you were there a while back and now you're coming down. What did you learn? What did you learn when you were climbing down or when you were climbing up? What, what was, uh, what were some of the, uh, you know, lessons that you learned uh, during that journey? Similarly, it is a learning journey as well you learn few things, you make mistakes, Um, you learn from those mistakes, you identify, okay, I am more of a visual learner, okay, I am more of a learner who practice by, uh, who who learn by doing things, so, you know, uh, it it definitely is a journey, it's an experience uh, that all of us have, and uh, uh, I'm sure (laughs) when we talk about it, all of this right now, uh, that experience has changed exponentially uh, for students globally. Um, there was uh, a concept of uh, massive open online courses, but now it is a reality. It is a reality every one of us is practicing, especially during you know this pandemic time. So now the learning experiences, now how we learn is you know changing and people are accepting uh, uh, those changes as well, right, Tommy? Mm, absolutely. Hey, talking about the world and um, and of course you being a super active educational developer. So, how do you see the world now? I mean, you mentioned that MOOCs are now kind of normal and, uh, and everybody's looking for online learning, but uh, especially um, in your local environment in Pakistan. So, and and. Of course, you can uh, generalize also to um, some things to world. Like, what do you think? What students or learners wish and expect to learn, and how exactly? All right, uh, Satomi. First, I would like to give you, you know, a, uh, and all the listeners as well, a brief idea about uh, how education works in Pakistani context. Right. And then I would uh, give you a brief overview of what students want to learn over here in Pakistan and how can we, you know, segregate them between uh, groups uh, of their preferences. So uh, when I talk about Pakistan, um, 
you must know that it's uh, the fifth most populous country in the world right now. And, you know, it has one of the world's largest youth populations. You know, 64% of Pakistanis are now under the age of 30. So uh, that that gives, you know, an opportunity. And at, date, at the same time, it gives a huge challenge as well. Um, also, Pakistan uh, is... You know, it has a huge number of out of school children as well. And when I talk about Pakistani education system, so there is a uh, there are public schools, there are private schools, and then there are informal education systems as well. And the curriculum that uh, Pakistani uh, uh, institutes or schools are following is basically in public school. We uh, our government has recently um, launched a single national curriculum. So uh, th- that that is basically, you know, to deal with the modern day challenges. So um, and the private institutes are mostly following, you know, the Cambridge curriculum, which is the UK based curriculum, uh, IGCSC, GCE, A-level. So this is, you know, how, uh, how the Pakistani education system is working. Now, what happened was to me during, during this pandemic, and even if I talk about pre-pandemic as well, um, there was a huge divide. There was a huge divide between public schools and private schools because uh, those who could afford to go to private schools, access technology, access gadgets, uh, they were at the same level with the world. But those students who were going to public schools were not. And this pandemic over here right now that we have has, you know, um, widened that learning gap. It has uh, affected more of those students who could not have access to education when schools closed down. Um, Now, when we talk about how people want, how students want to learn. Now, if I talk about those two different categories of students, um, private students. Now, what happened was ICT, IC, uh, the communication technology, information and communication technology has, you know, infiltrated classrooms around the world and in Pakistan as well. But what happened was that in public schools in Pakistan, um, people did not have access to uh, information technology. And they uh, even, you know, the teachers were not very confident enough in using uh, maybe Zoom lessons and using um, teams lessons uh, to communicate with the children. So there were a lot of, you know, um, thinking of solutions that could reach those people who were sitting at home and um, were not able to go to schools or have access to education. And, you know, this is, this is when, uh, 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 it was an epiphany for me to, you know, Uh, How can I reach students? Why does education has to be only inside classrooms? Why is there limited content available for to reach those students who are sitting at home? And I know they all have mobile phones at their homes. Yes, it's difficult to, you know, the infrastructure is poor. There might be limited availability of technology, but smartphone penetration is increasing in Pakistan and 51% right now, the current rate is 51% smartphone penetration and 93% households are having either a mobile phone or a smartphone. So, and this is increasing, this is growing. So I want to take, I want to avail this opportunity and, you know, make learning more fun, make learning accessible, uh, provide resources that are of uh, quality so that even those students, the marginalized students, are able to compete at global level. I, I really hope I've answered your question, Tommy. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, perfectly. And uh, this, um, this leads to uh, the next question I wanted to ask you, because I mean, uh, I mean, you won the uh, challenge yeah. <laughs> uh, we organized engaging virtual mm-hmm. learning at the digital education hackathon 2021 just recently when was it one month ago november, yeah, november. so um congratulations <laughs> Thank and you uh, so much. and uh 
Can you please share listeners about your winning solution? Because this is so related to what you just exactly, mentioned. Exactly, exactly. Definitely, I would. Um, and thank you so much. You know, it was um, a great opportunity, you know, learn from so many people around the world, what they are doing, how we can use um This is an opportunity in Pakistan, uh, in the organization that I'm working in, actually. So uh, basically, my uh, the solution that I proposed was that um, we have serious games to supplement asynchronous lessons. Like you mentioned, what do students want right now? Over the globe, if we talk about, especially, you know, the Generation Z, They are their own bosses. They they absolutely want self-control, self-paced learning. So why not give them self-paced learning? Why, why do we have to make them, um, you know, uh, just uh, fixed in a particular schedule that, okay, this is your learning time period. From 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., you have to learn only. No, you can learn anytime. You can learn from anywhere. And that is exactly what students right now want. So what my idea is and how how did this idea come into being is when I visited my village, all right? During this pandemic time, actually, when I visited my village, um, I saw a lot of students who were, uh, you know, there is this... Uh, <laughs> a sitting place called a charpai in Pakistan. So it's kind of a, like a bed, but it's not a bed because you can use it, you know, for sitting purposes as well, outside in maybe sunlight, you're enjoying sunlight sitting on the charpai. So I saw uh, five, six students uh, and all of them had one mobile. Um, they were all gathered towards that mobile screen. And I was so curious. I went there and I saw... Uh, first, they played uh, a song, a YouTube video uh, that I also played during my, you know, winning solution presentation that was Baby Shark, if you remember. So um, when they played, uh, I, I, it just, you know, gave me uh, a thought that, okay, so this particular video is so popular that everyone from the world knows it, even people here sitting in my village who literally have very le less access to you know the world they also know about it so that you know that gives you uh, a sense of something that something huge that uh, an opportunity that um, uh, that came in front of me now the next thing i saw them doing was playing a game It was a game that all of them were playing and, you know, uh, one by one, they were all exchanging. Now, I thought, what if this game had an educational purpose? What if this game was teaching maybe geometry and they were all competing with each other? How cool would that be? They were learning, but at the same time, they were enjoying, they were competing, they were, um, they were uh, comparing their rewards with each other. So it gave me an idea that... How about the single national curriculum that Pakistan has introduced recently? How about we can digitize this curriculum and introduce serious games into this curriculum? Now, the challenge was obviously that we need uh, teachers to be so confident that they could teach the kids or they can they, they could include the serious games into their lesson plans as well. But at the same time, Those students who are not going to schools, who are not accessing the uh, school premises, if they are sitting at home, they are also learning. This was one part of the proposed idea that we have, you know, an application or an e-learning platform that is integrating the whole single national curriculum into a digitized version where students are playing games, watching videos, and the videos are uh, so catchy just like that baby shark you know they are so catchy that uh, the students uh, in my whole village are uh, sharing it with each other let's let's go let's watch that video and through that video they have learned a particular part of the subject so this was one part of you know my, the proposed idea the second part of the proposed idea was that how about we can also have a teacher training curriculum and that teacher training curriculum would have Uh, 
you know, uh, a digitized version of teacher training curriculum where, you know, we are introducing serious game to help the teachers learn as well. Yes, the students are left behind, but the, st- the teacher training curriculum is also outdated in Pakistan. We, if we want students to learn, we need to teach the teachers. And if the teachers will be at, you know, able to um, compete at uh, the global level, they will be able to teach their students as well. So that was the second part of our idea. And the third part of our idea was, uh, I, uh, I myself, living in Pakistan, opened up a bank account really late. I was a part of the formal financial services um, really late. Like I did not have information about how to open a bank account, how do banking services work, how to, you know, manage my spending patterns. So I want to empower the youth because even right now in Pakistan, only 23% of the adults have access to formal financial services. So I want to give them, you know, a game maybe, you know, a game where they have to buy grocery, spend the money, save up. And then there are three, four uh, uh, people who are competing with each other. Friends are, you know, that Apple Watch and uh, in the Apple Watch, you compete with your friends. So you are like, oh, I have 10,000 steps. How many steps do you have? So the students have a game and they have, how much savings do you have? I have this much savings. So, you know, it, it creates a, a whole different kind of an environment. And at the same time, what is happening? The purpose. What is the purpose of all of this? The purpose is educating them. The purpose is to make learning fun that they want to do it themselves. So uh, I really hope, Tomi, um, I've given the listeners uh, an overview of what our idea, yeah. idea was. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, so um, as I'm hearing, it's like uh, mobile learning works, but then uh, expecting that learners have, you know, a lot of IT gadgets and 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 um, and access to um, very expensive uh, classrooms equipped uh, with IT that doesn't simply work in the pandemic times, at least and perhaps not uh, in other times, neither. Um, what do you think? I mean, um, I'm just thinking of the ideal university. Um, so what do you think, uh, what kind of school or can be also university would be really this kind of dream school or university of the future? So how do you see it? What would people learn there? How is the, are they having their mobile phones and, and playing games or or how and also what kind of skills or mindsets or attitudes people should learn and um when you think about it i mean can you go far in the future i mean can be in five years or 10 years or 2050 even or beyond (laughs) what do you think oh yeah so now, you you must know, uh, Tommy, that uh, there were a lot of, like, when we talk about 50 years ago, we used to watch movies. I mean, I was not born, but <laughs> there were people who used, yeah. <laughs> to, who used to watch movies. And there were so many science fictions, including mobile phones, including, you know, uh, uh, this new technology uh, where, uh, self, like, for example, self-driving cars that were a fiction 50 years ago, but they are a reality now. Similarly, when we talk about the <laughs> uh, what, what a 2050 university might look like, or maybe 50 years ago or 50 years ahead of us, um, I would say, in my opinion, honestly, when I say, when I imagine the how pandemic has, has been changing the world and how uh, learning is changing overall, uh, I would say there might be um, a few subjects or a few degrees, I would say, that would be redundant. People would not need them anymore at universities. Universities would be um, filled with uh, technical gadgets, uh, new technology, maybe, you know, um, simulations to uh, uh, to actually experience learning. You know that whole concept of immersive learning where 
where you are integrating, um, uh, you know, augmented reality, virtual reality. You are uh, having uh, artificial intelligence in place for adaptive learning. Uh, the those uh, platforms where they know, okay, so this there are five category of students. Category A requires this types of learning. So we are going to more learning. Uh, for him or her according to that particular uh, way. So, you know, um, and, the, and the traditional teaching methods where uh, a teacher is standing in the classroom, there is a whiteboard maybe uh, at her back. I'm not sure how it's working uh, at your side, but in Pakistan, it's still happening that there is traditional method uh, in most of the schools. Um, so, if I talk globally uh, about a university of the future, it's going to have an immersive learning experience, but it's also going to, you know, be a blend between um, some traditional methods. The, you know, you do need social contact. You do sometimes uh, there are students who need mentorship, who needs guidance, who will be needing teachers. But at the same time, there are students who are self-independent, who do not need uh, guidance, who who act, who just want to practice by doing. So, uh, you know, the role of teaching is going to change as well. If I talk about universities, in universities, the role of teachers is going to uh, change from giving out information or knowledge to help them practice that application of that knowledge. Uh, do you understand, Tommy, what I'm trying to say over here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, all Exactly. So, you, you know, uh, everything you say, those yes. days are gone when <laughs> students needed to fit in within strict time and schedules and inflexible boundaries. Now uh, it's changing and uh, it has actually changed as well that uh, now learning is student-centered. The student is the mm -hmm. one who is having uh, who who has to be educated. So, how does the student want to learn? What is that the student want to learn? Why do we have one fixed um, type of a group of subjects that are stuck together? Why can't a student learn physics, accounting, and maybe um, coding at the same time? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So true mixing of different disciplines, I mean, beyond actually multidisciplinary, like transdisciplinarity and uh, you, oh, you make your own journey or own learning journey exactly. through the different disciplinary mountains. <laughs> and and one, one thing over here, Tommy, I would like to say, uh, while I was, you know, when, while I'm researching related to different education technology that we are using, and like you asked me a question as well. Uh, what uh, what is mm. in the future? What kind of skills do they need to have in the future? So, um, I I personally believe that uh, students will be needing a lot of you know digital literacy. They will be needing financial literacy. They need some uh, leadership skills. And one more uh, you know an important area would be cybersecurity as well, because with the growing trend of um, technology that is infiltrating into our lives, there is a growing uh, need of cybersecurity at the same time, because when we talk about the perks of something, there are obviously uh, uh, some, you know, drawbacks of a particular uh, solution as well. So we need to be vigilant about that as well. And, you know, when I was researching about different uh, games that we are using or different technology we are using, so uh, there, there, there was that one game I came across, uh, I think it was called Dragon Box. So what they, this, the user had to basically build uh, different, uh, you know, um, things in that application, in that particular game. And it was... Uh, teaching them, you know, geometry, geometry and math to that particular game that they were applying. So, uh, the, you know, there's, there, there's so many resources. Uh, we just have to um, teach the students uh, how to dig out those resources if they want to learn something. So, yeah, th that's about it. 
Yeah, I, I, I love Dragon Box, by the way. Oh, I think yeah. it was developed in Stanford uh, some years ago, many years ago. Yeah. And I, I had it also <laughs> in my previous phone. It was so much fun. Yeah, um, yeah. and I yeah, completely agree with you um, on everything. And I, I'm just thinking, because you mentioned that you saw that uh, group of um, uh, young people with, uh, with mobile mm-hmm. phone uh, in your village, so isn't that also kind of a weak signal or actually a strong signal? I mean, they were all immersed in looking at that video. So so the immersive learning is kind of already here. I mean, even before augmented reality and virtual realities are really mainstream, although they are also coming very strongly, especially augmented reality, I would say. I, I do agree, yes. Uh um, I did not expect uh, that happening so soon, but it is happening. It is ha- happening at a very fast pace. And uh, um, I, I believe that we as educators need to be prepared for it. Uh, there are so many games. There are There is so much content being developed, whether we talk about um, immersive learning experience or AR, VR, but... Can we all stakeholders get together and, you know, um, develop something that is in line towards one particular goal? So everyone, everyone Mm. can use it. It shouldn't be for us, you know, uh, the content or something should not be for a particular group to be used. It should be worldwide. Everyone should have access to it. Mm. Everyone should have the opportunity to learn. And education should not be a privilege. It should be... You know, it it is a basic right. It it shouldn't ever be a privilege. Mm. I I totally agree with you. And uh, I mean, uh, the world also needs um, needs um, people to address super tricky, wicked problems uh, caused by I mean, so so many. Um, Issues like of, of obviously climate change. And, yeah, uh, but, uh, true. Not just that. That's huge issue. Um, but um, yeah, I, was, um, I wanted to ask you um, about the um, just a minute. I'm checking. This is the funny uh, thing with the um, with the recording. There is somebody trying to call me at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> which is amazing. I'll keep this in the uh, the uh, podcast because I think it also <laughs> gives you the sense of uh, how in digital world we are, right? So we are, of course, recording now this episode, but then at the same time, world is happening. So people are reaching out and and uh, and I want to exchange some thoughts uh, with one uh, device or another. And perhaps this is also um, something related to learning. I'm, I've been thinking a lot, um, like how do we ensure a safe space? And I, I mean a safe from uh, external noise or external interruptions or disruptions, uh, kind of ensuring that people can actually focus. I mean, we know libraries, of course. Yeah. I mean, libraries had some rules like, hey, if you go to library, don't talk too loud, let people focus on things. But now this is not so yeah, easy Yeah, this is anymore. a challenge, so actually. It's a huge challenge. Yeah, uh, and then, you know, like yeah. most of the um, students over here, uh, when they were attending lessons, so there are obviously technological issues like you and I faced as well. So, you know, uh, this is a challenge. So like there are challenges in traditional teaching methods, there are, you know, uh, a classroom full of students, they're talking to each other. Similarly, this is one challenge as well. And as an education uh, you know, as an educator, um, we will have to figure out how to overcome these challenges. So, for example, mm-hmm. I can give a tip as well. Um, when I was um, uh, when I was teaching through, uh, you know, teams. So what I would do is uh, I would join the class um, five to ten minutes before the lesson started. And I would ask one of the, you know, a representative of my class to join in and we would check everything is working. Oh, everything is working perfectly fine. All right. Perfect. Good. Now go ahead. And after five minutes, my lesson starts. So, you know, that even if there is uh, some 
some kind of um, uh, a problem that I that 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 would have been there. I have tried to avoid that, but still, it doesn't give a guarantee that there is going to be no technological issue. Yeah, <laughs> it it doesn't give a guarantee. Absolutely. Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, with everything. I just tested yesterday one um, keynote uh, setting uh, that I'll be delivering next week. So kind of, and we learned a lot. <laughs> I will. I mean, uh, for example, uh, now I, I learned that uh, you cannot um, use two devices in the webinar mode of. I think it's in in Teams. Oh. All right. Um, somehow, so you, you, I mean, you can use, of course, but uh, the problem is that um, you cannot use the one mobile phone um, for camera like I typically use. And uh, this is, these are just small things that you learn. And then if you don't know them beforehand, then there will be some, some problems. Um, I, by learning. the way, I have to share one, <laughs> yeah, one yeah, thing sure. I've. Yeah, people are learning. One thing I'm I'm doing with my um, workshops and, and classes, like before it starts, I also test everything. But then I leave some question to all the audience because quite often people come like five minutes or ten minutes before the session mm-hmm. starts. So they have something to think of or something to do. I mean, they have a question perhaps, uh, like a prompt to to kind of get them into the mood of... of of thinking and sharing, mm. ideating with the other participants. Just a th- <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. Hey, Natasha, I wanted to ask you, um, can you share some turning point if you, in your life and or studies, something that you make, uh, something that made you think differently about life, about studying, about learning, about anything? And I, I know that you are a storyteller, <laughs> <right>? so. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know. yeah, definitely, let me build a story for you. <laughs> That's real, actually. So, um, the the there are so many instances in my life that uh, you know have actually changed how I think. And you know, one of them was so. Basically, I am a Pashtun from Pakistan. So I am. I belong from my uh, village that is called Lucky Marwat and Bannu. So we're, every year, uh, we used to visit our village every year. And we used to spend like our whole summer vacation and winter vacation sometimes as well over there. And when I, you know, when I used to go there, I, like I said, Tommy, that um, I, when I used to go there, I used to consider myself privileged, like having uh, a huge opportunity to go to uh uh, school and have uh, an amazing world-class learning experience. And when I used to go back to my village and look at those um, people, uh, the, the, the students who are, uh, I used to go to their schools, uh, sit with them and see how they are learning. Uh, like I was always a very curious child. Uh, what is happening around me? How are they learning? What do they learn? And then, you know, uh, the children were so fascinated by me. Oh, she's from a city. Let's go. Let's talk to her. Let's show her how we are working. And everybody would gather down around me and show me. Uh, look, uh, look, Natasha. We have uh, we have done this. Have you done this correctly? And they they thought I was uh, <laughs> you know kind of uh, an expert. And I I was a kid myself. I wasn't an expert, but that's you know how. <laughs> Uh, I think that's how I became a teacher as well, because I used to love doing that. I used to love helping them out, understand, okay, this is uh, how it's working. So these were my turning points. I'm I'm not going to quote just one turning point in my life because there are so many. Every time I used to visit my village or every time I used to talk to someone who was uh, who was who was so ambitious? Who was so ambitious? Uh, but they did they lacked opportunities. Uh, so you know. And recently, I went um, and gave a training, a financial literacy training to the women of Bannu. Um, it, it was a massive turnout, Tommy. I did not expect eighty-five women um, from an area like that. Uh, 
coming to my you know uh, session attending my session and so curious and still in contact with me and asking me questions how can we how can we improve the finances of our business how can we improve uh, our personal finances so you know uh these these are some of the instances that you know motivates me keeps me going um i live and also one more experience which i'm really thankful was that uh i spent 3 years in ua um in dubai teaching and um i i did i experienced so many different kinds of uh education technology that i was unaware of living in pakistan i was unaware unaware of so many you know uh, different gadgets that were being used by schools by universities in workplaces and that uh, you know you know, opened doors to my mind as well so when i came with that mindset again back to pakistan uh, i could see how i can use all of those gadgets over here i could see how i can use all of those ideas over here in pakistan in the uh, education sector of pakistan and how all of those could change um uh, the present and the future of the you know youth we have over here in pakistan amazing thanks for sharing i mean i think everybody all the listeners should um use your uh, story or turning point and and everything you mentioned as a great great motivation to to actually develop education and 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 teach and and help people to learn new things uh thanks so much um hey if you could dream of anything to happen what would that be i know it's a deep question but <laughs> just it's a very very deep question to me um well to me uh, if i could dream anything to happen to me um uh, specifically first i'll answer a question if anything could happen to me i would love to be a singer to me <laughs> but i don't have the voice okay whoa <laughs> but i don't have the voice and the pitch for it but you know i would absolutely love to be a singer i you know i i don't know if people do that but i imagine myself being a singer and there's a crowd and i'm in at a concert <laughs> i don't know why i just I just love that feeling. But anyway, uh, yeah. talking about yeah. That's No, that's great. I mean, what, what do you think of the kind of this stairs theory? Like I mean, what if you take the first step today and then next step tomorrow perhaps and then in six uh, months get a private teacher or some Or I don't know. I'm just <laughs> thinking. What? How do you? How do you see that as a as a learning journey? Is it? Um... Well, uh, Tommy, honestly, um, I am you know more of a bathroom singer, <laughs> and I. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 um, I I do love music. I love uh, an instrument. You should definitely search it out. Rabab. Have you ever heard of rabab? No, I haven't. What is so it? So basically, uh, I'm I'm a Pashtun, um, and uh, all the Pashtun uh, consider that they they belong from Afghanistan. All right, and it is the national instrument of Afghanistan, rabab. And uh, I, I would absolutely recommend if you if you love music, you should go and search. I love music. You should go and search rabab I... on YouTube, and you will fall in love with that instrument. It. is so mesmerizing i mean you go into you know a different world when you're listening to rubab so i've got one i've got one that was step number one of my learning that i've got a rubab and now i'm going to learn how to play it <laughs> okay excellent yeah i mean you see you are already in the learning learning journey i um i recently uh, acquired ukulele oh, and nice. um When I got my master's degree back then, before the PhD and whatnot, uh, I uh, I bought a saxophone, mm-hmm. and um, I've been practicing. I mean, I, I share your dream. I would also <laughs> like to be a singer or <laughs> something like that. But uh, I have. Uh, I don't know if it's uh, substituting it well enough. But I love you know stage performances, giving talks, uh-huh. and, and of course, this podcast is also one way of yeah. Uh, yeah, doing realizing so your dream. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, it's not exactly the same, 
but uh, it's it's kind of close yeah. enough. Uh, but also, Domi, um, uh, also speaking of uh, education, um, I would I would dream, I would absolutely dream of you know um, education opportunities available for everyone. You know, uh, maybe pick up best practices from different individuals, institutes, and organizations, and you know, combine to make the best learning practices in one platform that is accessible to everyone. Everyone can access that, uh, mm-hmm. and maybe a world where learning is equal for everyone. Because uh, especially in this pandemic, I realized to me that. The pandemic was there for everyone, but it wasn't equal for everyone. Everybody had, uh, you know, every country, every group inside the country, uh, every student groups inside the country had a different experience of that pandemic. So I I would want a world where uh, learning opportunities are equal for everyone. Mm. I couldn't agree more. And I mean, also kind of the ability to uh, learn new things and uh, the mindset of wanting to learn. I think if if you can get that to all people, then the rest is, uh, rest is history, basically. True, true. Yeah. Hey, wh- what did you, uh, talking about learning, what did you learn last time? And uh, where did it happen? Did you learn it online or are reading a book or... So, um, most of my uh, research, uh, most of the work that I do, Tommy, is research. And uh, like I mentioned that um, the content that I'm trying to develop, uh, the single national curriculum that I'm trying to digitize. So, that's what I'm learning about right now. Different education technology that is being used and Most of this, Tommy, most of this was done online, not through a book. I mean, it's been so long uh, that I've, uh, you know, uh, uh, touched an actual textbook when I talk about, you know, like this. Novels, yes, I do have, I do, I do love to read. So uh, I, I like that fresh <laughs> smell of the novel. But at the same time, when I forget my novel, I have its digital copy available with me as well on my phone and I can read that. So, you know, it's uh, like I mentioned, mm. uh, a blended way of learning that I'm following. And uh, most of my work is online research, watching videos, uh playing games myself to know to how, what are the different improvements i can suggest in these games or what are we take um the essence of that particular game and mold it into local context of pakistan so you know that is how i am learning uh, currently amazing uh yeah i can <laughs> again i i connect so well <laughs> with that uh, thinking and, and that kind of blended mode of, of learning. So, hey, Natasha, I would like to ask you a um, final question. Uh, and uh, we ask this from all CloudReacher's guests. So, um, as you know, I mean, CloudReacher, um, it's, uh, it's somebody who brings the field forward or the world forward and reaching out clouds or dreams or online mm-hmm. And uh, trying to trying to really uh, do something. So, um, in your thinking, what is who is uh, or what is uh, cloud reacher in the world now? Uh, so, are you like asking me for uh, maybe some um, some uh, some person I'm following? Person right. or organization? Anybody? So, I think, usually um, um, I usually watch you know the TED talks for education. Uh, they are really, really, you know, inspiring. And uh, there are there is one that is called House of EdTech by Christopher Nessie. Um, I absolutely love how, you know, he integrates uh, technology and education and the ideas they give forward. Um, so there's one more as well, Rethink Education. So there are so many uh, resources that are available. And uh, like I said, it is part of my job as well. I have to keep on researching, listening, watching, 
uh, reading <laughs> so continuously you know uh, learning how how uh, we can you know implement all of that that is happening in the world in you know local context wow you summarized it so beautifully <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's the agenda for all the listeners and uh, for ours ourselves yeah. as well uh, natasha Thanks so much for joining. Thank you so much. This Tommy. episode. Thank you so much. It's been amazing experience, and uh, thanks for. I mean, it's it's been. I have to uh, listen to this uh, <laughs> episode many times. I think uh, while walking and and um, yeah. Hey, welcome anytime uh, again to the um, podcast, and uh, and uh, let's let's continue our journey. Also, our also, Tommy, journey. I look forward to you know welcoming you and maybe. <laughs> your uh, whole group in Pakistan as well it would be you know a pleasure to have you and maybe you guys can suggest different ideas we can implement over here as well absolutely we will come <laughs> beware <laughs> we will come and uh welcome to all the university of Finland anytime definitely um thank you so much let's thank plan. you so much Tommy great Uh, hey Natasha, you um, you uh, promised to share your writing. So uh, to listeners, can you share it now? Yes, yes, sure, Tommy. Uh, so the r- name of this short piece of writing is called "Becoming," and it was when I was l- looking back at um, the mountain that I recently climbed. So let me just start with it. Help me get through the remaining journey, or put me off thinking how I exhausted my body and in the beauty of this land my body and mind which made it all possible i became a part of every rock and leaf and flower and water source present if i ever walk back would i recognize this place most importantly will this place recognize me will the air whisper in my ear how it missed my presence would the moonlight reflecting on the lake remember me noticing its magnificence Would the gushing rain want to test my spirit once again? It has become a part of me, and I have become a part of it. Thank you, Tommy. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> I was when you were uh, when I was listening to you. I was thinking of 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 course many mountain hikes, but also about learning. Yeah, true. Learning journeys, amazing. Hey, thanks so much for Thank sharing so much. that. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> so you. good. Thank you so much, viewers, uh, for listening to me, and uh, I really hope uh, it was uh, an inspiration for all of you. This was absolutely an inspiration. So, all listeners, thanks um, uh, for uh, listening to this episode. This is Cloud Reachers and Tommy Copeland. Uh, meet you again in the future. Ciao.